Welcome to the Blind Android Users Channel. This is your source for everything Android tutorials and demos, all from a blindness perspective. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more content like this. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined today by my co-host Warren Carr and we are coming to you on Saturday the 11th of June 2022. It's a really busy show this week, folks, and it'll be a great one. We have our usual announcement section, and then I'm absolutely delighted to say that we're joined by Kim and Chris Nova from Mystic Access to talk about their new book on Android. We'll then talk about the new features in Android 13 Beta 3. We have Warren's highlights from TalkBack, and we return to our My Android Journey segment this week, and we are joined by Amanda Hall. Well, folks, it's great to be here. Warren, how are you? Great, Ed. Thank you so much. It's another beautiful day, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, we're kind of getting out of the rain. Um, it's been raining here. I can't believe this spring that we've had. We've never had such a spring here in central Washington, and it's just been absolutely wet. And um, today, though, it seems like we're having some nice skies. And so in and out clouds, and who knows, maybe toward evening, we may have another rain. But for now, though, I'm looking forward to getting this done and going out there and basking in the sun. Sounds lovely. Uh, Chris and Kim, how are you guys? Terrific. It's a beautiful day in Western New York. We didn't think spring was ever going to come here. We had, how much was it? 20 inches of 20 snow. 20 inches of snow over one, one night. night earlier this winter and that was a shock for this new york transplant coming from the southeast southeastern u.s uh to here was was quite a bit of a shock having that much snow in one night but we are so glad that spring is finally here we've got a day in the 70s now and it's beautiful and sunny and we are super excited about it we are ready for some really nice temperatures coming up uh new new jersey huh? first yeah new york Remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> Closing New York Airport. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your white cane's not going to do well in 20 inches of snow, to be fair. No, no, it isn't helpful at all. No, we just bought in a that case, the weekend before, so we were real happy about that. <laughs> you just want to stay home, and that's what I do. You know, um, we had a lot of snow this year, too, and I just stayed home. You know, we yeah. had like over three feet of snow. I just stayed home, you know. <laughs> it's nice when your commute is about 300 feet, you know. Exactly. Going from Downstairs. To an office or... <laughs> Thank you. That's that the helps. kind I like. That definitely helps. <laughs> uh, uh, I had, we had a tube strike this week, uh, underground strike. So I had to get the buses in and then I got an absolute chaos bus home. I couldn't get on one after work. So I had to oh, go to a bar man. to let it all calm down. And even at 11 o'clock at night, it was still an absolute chaos bus. I barely got wow. Uh Yeah. Oh, well. Amanda, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's um nice weather here as well, actually. It's been lush and warm and sunny in that today. So I'm pleased about that because I prefer the warmth in the summer to the winter, really. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm good. Excellent. And it's all good here in London as well. Similar weather to you. Uh, busy weekend last weekend. I, I wasn't on, but uh, we had the Platinum Jubilee, uh, obviously, and, and slightly randomly, mm -hmm. I got an honour in the Queen's Birthday Honours list. Absolutely. Oh, wild. wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got what we cool. call an OBE. 
but uh, quite amazing, but somewhat surprising. Now, uh, Amanda, we usually give Fee, uh, Fiona a hard time for being a British girl. I think since you're in here today, I think you're sitting in here for her. So, you know, we may give you a little bit of a hard time on her behalf. How about All that? right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the main objective of this, though, is to pick on Warren. Just so we <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Austin's not here this week. So Warren, do you want to take us through any announcements that we have? So for announcements, we do have one important announcement. You guys, if you're familiar or if you remember. The Audible Vision, something we gave out, uh, we gave out codes for, I think, when was that? Maybe about um, three months or so ago. I think that was back in March. And uh, the developer of uh, Audible Vision would like you guys to kind of participate in a survey and tell him what you think. And so we're going to be putting that URL in our show notes so you guys can uh, find that and fill out that survey. And we will also be publishing that survey URL on both our Telegram and email groups. And that will be the announcement that we have for today. Thanks very much, Warren. Now we turn to our spotlight section. And I'm absolutely delighted that Chris and Kim from Mystic Access have joined us because they've just written a book on Android. And I know that we we try and do a lot of audio stuff, but we have um, deafblind members of the community and they always say, you know, can we have some written materials? And we, and we have people who aren't really audio learners. So it's fabulous that there's some up-to-date written material uh, around. Um, before we dive into the book, though, uh, Kim and Chris, welcome again. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about you guys and a little bit about Mystic Access and what you're about? Sure. Thanks for having us, you guys. It's such a pleasure to be here. We love the podcast. Really been enjoying catching up on some episodes this morning, and it's just been lots of fun. So Mystic Access, ironically enough, is a company that does audio documentation. <laughs> so the fact that we even got into writing books in the first place is kind of a fun thing, but audio in it was initially our focus and our primary focus in terms of Mystic Access. It still really is where we're primarily focused. We do audio on everything from Victor Reader streams from Humanware to Braille displays. We've done uh, the Humanware Braille Note line of products, done all kinds of different things, Dolphin products from Dolphin Computer Access. So we've done lots of different audio, both with the companies in collaboration with companies and on our own for various products, such as the Amazon A-L-E-X-A products, things like that. So we've kind of made a, we're kind of troubadours in the case of a lot of the audio that we do because it's stuff that most people might not necessarily think would deserve or desire an audio um, tutorial or audio documentation. So we've done things like Braille displays that have had no audio components to them and yet have made successful audio documentation from them. And it, this all stemmed initially from Chris's podcast, which has been around for a long time, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, so it actually the whole idea behind Mystic Access came from the old Braille and Speak, and I was able to learn that on my own with audio documentation that was read by Fred Gassoni years and years and years Way ago. back in the day. Yes, <laughs> So that's how Mystic Access really became a thing because I was thinking, how do we get this working? How can we, you know, 
bring back audio back in the 90s a lot of the at companies did audio tutorials for their products and then it just fell beyond the wayside and we kind of understand why because it's not an easy thing to do to edit it and to get it nicely packaged to make us sound like we're confident and competent and know everything there is to know and be effortless, you know, and of course it's not effortless at all. So to make it seem that way, can be a bit of a process there. So we love what we do. That's kind of our primary thing. Like you guys, we have a podcast and we enjoy talking about all kinds of assistive technology and mainstream technology too. We're both totally blind and we also got married last year. So that kind of fit into the podcast. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, thank I saw that on your announcement list. Yeah. I you know, it was, that. it was very fun. It was kind of something we didn't want to like bore people out of their minds by talking wedding, wedding, wedding and all these things, but it actually did bring up some good topics because I moved 700 miles to a new state and, you know, things wow. come out of those processes that can sometimes inform topics on podcasts. So we have a lot of fun. It's the Mystic Access podcast and it comes out every other Tuesday. So if people want to check it out. They uh, can... Brilliant. I, I do miss my Braden Speak classic. I got it in 1989. <laughs> I know. I miss yeah. mine too. It's hidden yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I suspect we were, we were all weaned on the same. Uh, I suspect so. <laughs> yeah. My poor old 640. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the one I listen to too. <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's what I've always wanted to add. And I'm glad that you guys are here today. I've always wondered about the chosen name Mystic Access. And, you know, I'm thinking of mysticism and I'm like, I want to ask them why um, or how they came about such a beautiful thing called Mystic Access. Who would tell us about the history or how you came about uh, choosing Mystic Access? Yeah, actually, that is a story that stems back into or begins in the early 90s when we had bulletin board systems for those Ooh. people that remember calling into a computer using a modem. And it was way, <laughs> way before the Internet. So I ran a BBS or bulletin board called the Castle of Dreams. And I thought, well, I could resurrect that name, but it kind of sounds like something that might be a little x-rated or so shall we say so <laughs> I, you know i wanted to keep it into the mysticism or magical aspect so sitting around kim and i were just talking about you know what will we call this fledgling company that we didn't even know we were going to even be a part of and so i came up with mystic for the magical aspect and then access for the accessibility aspect of it. And then we came up with the tagline where the magic is in learning. So that's kind of how the whole thing started. And I would sit on Mystic Access for about two years. I put a couple tutorials out. And then I asked Kim to join me and create a tutorial for the Victor Reader stream. And we launched that on, I was, I think it was May 15th of 2015. And it's been you know, a road ever since then. So some up, some down, <laughs> some sideways, but it's definitely <laughs> been a road and a journey yeah. and tremendous fun. I mean, we have, we have met so many people. We never dreamed that this would ultimately become our gig and here we are. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And what's your guy's backstory, Chris? I know you were tech support at GW, weren't you? but GW Micro, but uh, yeah, well, can you tell us a bit about yourselves personally? 
Yeah, I was actually, I started out working for an assistive technology center in Buffalo, New York. And then I would move on to Sendero Group. And then once uh-huh. I hit Sendero Group, when I left them, that's when Mystic Access really became a thing. And while Mystic Access was growing or getting, you know, its foot in the ground, I did work with uh, GW Micro slash AI Squared VFO, Vespero, whatever it turned into. <laughs> and then in 2016, I left the tech support with Vespero. And uh, Kim and I have just been, you know, pushing stuff out and making Mystic Access work. I really like history. So I always like all that background stuff about how things got started. And I'm such a historian, besides the fact that I am the Android evangelist. It's also beautiful that I love history. So uh, thank you so much. Now I know where that mysticism came from. Mystic Access. Guys, check them out. A beautiful place. What about you, Kim? What's, what's your backstory? Ironically, I do not have an assistive technology background. I used some assistive technology, of course. My beautiful Braille and Speak 640 that I loved ever so much was kind of my real foray into becoming obsessive about my assistive tech. I've always been total, so I've always used assistive technology. So that was always something that was part of my life, but I never dreamed it would become part of my career. I was a life coach for many years prior to the Mystic Access foray. <laughs> and you know, this wasn't my thing. I was someone who I went to public school. I didn't have a lot of blind friends. I mean, I had a few, but I was like, I don't know if I can teach this stuff. I might feel like a bit of an imposter, you know, trying to figure out how to teach this type of information. But I had done a lot of writing and a lot of teaching and things in my coaching work for several years prior to Mystic's creation. So ultimately, I kind of worked my way into it and learned how to teach from a technical perspective and it was a huge learning curve but it was tremendously fun i'm always someone who's really enjoyed the interaction piece i have a psychology background as well so you know between those things i thought (laughs) between my coaching and my psych background you know maybe i can actually add to this little journey in some way for mystic access and kind of know about the emotional hangups that people can experience when they're trying to learn their technology so that is a big part of what we attempt to help with and if not dispel at least kind of turn it down a little bit so people don't feel completely stressed out when they're trying to use their tech or learn their tech so that piece is important to me based on my background uh i have a music degree as well so I'm a musician and a singer, and it's just all stuff that I really enjoy, and I always wanted to write. So the fact that, you know, now here we are talking about technology and books and technical writing is quite a thrill. So it's been a real journey for sure for me. That approach, I think, is particularly noticeable. I think I've got two or three of your tutorials, and and the fact that you don't want to, you know, you you want to start at a... Use a pun accessible level without without stressing people out, yeah. you know, without, without without wanting to say which approach is better. You know, if you compare Mystic Access to something like Access Technology Institute, it's different, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like you've mm-hmm. got different yeah. teaching styles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That absolutely comes across. I think it's very clear that you've been able to adopt the approach you want to adopt. Yeah, I think so. You know, we always try to approach each of them starting with the foundational concepts and kind of working our way up. It makes sense to us. And of course, people have different teaching strategies and that will work for other learners. And, you know, if they can get something from both, that's fantastic. Or if they want to pick what works for them, that's that's great. That's why we've got choice and that's why we've got lots of options in the community, which is fantastic. Absolutely. 
let's move on to talk a little bit about uh the book then so can you can you sort of introduce the book to us and uh tell us what what you've uh what you've sought to cover who you think it's aimed at sure well, i think a lot of it is aimed at for one thing the person who is confused about android and its accessibility in general so you guys help a lot with that too in terms of dispelling some of those questions that people may have like well i've heard that it's really complicated or i've heard that it's really inaccessible and I've heard this or that or the next thing about Android. And of course, those of us sitting in this room know that Android is a fantastic either alternative to or your main daily driver. And so that's how we wanted to approach the book is as first saying, hey, this is accessible. This is an option for you. And this could potentially be the thing you use every day for your phone, for your news, for your weather, for all these daily tasks that we want to get done easily and efficiently. This is an option for you. This is something that could become your friend in the course of learning to use it. And we wanted people to know that it's every bit as powerful and in many ways much more powerful, especially in terms of customization, than other competitors out there in the marketplace. Especially Windows Phone. No, just a joke. Right. Come on, uh, Ed. Don't mess up with my Windows Phone. <laughs> I've got a Windows Phone too. I've got one on Windows Phone 8, some sort of piece of junk Nokia. That... I didn't know you could still get Windows Phones now. Oh, you can't. I don't think, Amanda. No, I think yeah, you're right. done. I don't know if it even work anymore. I was going to say, would no, they work? Doesn't. Doesn't. <laughs> if it ever works. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, okay. so, so, what can, can you tell us a bit about the, the book and, and and the structure and sort of what what you what you cover? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we kind of start out by talking about the things you want to keep in mind before you even start. So there's that piece about accessibility that I was just speaking of. What can you do with it? Can you customize it? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's one of the best pieces, you know, my personal opinion about Android, how much customization you can do to it. But we also tell people that, you know, you don't have to. It's not something you have to do. You don't have to go in and do tons of customization. You can take it out of the box and begin using it successfully. But we talk about stock Android. We talk about things you need to know before you pick which brand of phone or tablet you want. You know, we talk about the differences between the phones and tablets, obviously protecting your device, caring for it, things like that. So it really starts out at the person or with the person who is making that considered purchase and saying, you know, is this something I even want or why do I want it? So we kind of begin there and then we dive into the setup process. We talk about various aspects of the phone and parts of the phone you know, the dock and navigation bar, you know, all these different things. And I think one of the interesting things that we did in the course of the book, and Chris can speak to this, is that we used two different phones throughout the course of the book because obviously we have differences between our Pixel phones, for instance, and in our case, Samsung. Yes, I used a Samsung A32 and Kim used a Pixel 3a during the creation of the book. And this gives it, it gives it uh, different perspectives and different ways that the two phones, while they're running Android, are completely different or may be completely different depending on the type of launcher that's installed, how the settings are configured, and all of that stuff. So we didn't want to say 
pixel because if somebody is using something that's not a pixel, you didn't want them to think that the step-by-step to go to this setting is going to be the same on their specific phone. So he made sure that that was very clear in the writing process. Yeah, that was huge. It was a big deal to us to make sure people had options and realized that they didn't have to pick just one thing. So in the course of the setup process and having these discussions, we talk about various ways to configure your phone, settings. We can't go into all of it, obviously, because it's only a three-volume book. And for anyone interested in the geekery behind books, or at least books for National Braille Press, three volumes is 54,000 words. So (laughs) that's kind of what you're looking at for a three-volume book. So you only have so much space in which to cover your material. So that can make it a little difficult, too, because when you're doing the outline process, you have to make sure that the major highlight points are hit hard and are discussed very thoroughly. So it's kind of one of those things where you get to a certain point and it's like, what can I cut? Because obviously there's so much to discuss. So we try to put in as much as we could, obviously stressing accessibility settings, launchers. We talked not tons about launchers, but we talked a bit about launchers and showing people what one launcher might look like as opposed to another, web browsing, email, calendars, editing text, uh, you know, selecting, you know, all these various pieces that go into the editing process, formatting. We touched a bit on those. We talked a bit about Braille support, although we left quite a bit of that to people to do their own research because obviously that's an issue and at least currently that is having some you know we're dealing with things like braille tty and and braille back and some of these some of these third-party things that people are having to use to get braille support so we didn't talk as much about that as i perhaps would have liked especially because you know this is a company that promotes braille and braille Um, literature, braille reading. So that would have been nice. But we did talk, I think, quite successfully about the main other focuses that you might want to utilize a phone for, you know, doing your events, doing your internet browsing, checking your email, writing and editing documents, things like that. So there's a lot of different pieces there. And Hopefully we hit enough highlights to get new people interested, but also for those people who are struggling with particular topics, perhaps already own Android devices or have their devices collecting dust on their shelves to be willing to pull them out and follow along a bit with what we're doing and see if it's helpful. And of course we did Play Store, downloading third-party apps, discussions of things like that so that people would have the ability to see just how diverse Android could be and how much they could customize, again, going back to the customization, the product to their specific wants and needs. One thing I did want to mention, and we have to thank you guys for this. So when we were writing the book, we decided to get a Motorola phone. And to our horror and dismay, we found out you couldn't use the 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 three finger gestures. And Oops. We had this beautiful little phone. We loved it. We thought it was great (laughs) up until the point where we tried to use multi-finger gestures and went, no. (laughs) So we didn't use that phone. We ended up getting the A32 that I previously mentioned and so that we could have two phones that are running those three-finger gestures. But that was a complicated thing to try and explain to people, yeah, you can do them on this phone with this version of Android, but you can't do it on this phone that has the same version of Android. 
So that was a, yeah. that was fun. And that's in the very beginning sections of the phone because you don't want someone to read four chapters and realize, oh, I bought this Moto phone and I can't use multi-finger gestures. So, you know, there's all these pieces that you have to keep in mind as you're writing to try and make everything seamless and make sense and be organized and yet make sure that your reader knows everything they need to know as they're getting ready to begin this process or make sure they know what their phone that they currently own is already capable of doing. So. We're always talking about the different ways to do things, for sure. They would previously have worked on your Moto phone on TalkBack 9.0, and then Google right. stole right? them. Stole <laughs> them. Stolen. Stole them off all the non-Google and Samsung. Like, it's a good job I wasn't on when Warren interviewed Brian Kemner, because I would have got sacked from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Well, for real. Here's the problem, and it's interesting, and it's a very important point that you brought about um, you know, the Motorola phones and great as they are. And I love, love uh, Moto G phones, especially the G line. I mean, affordable phones. However, the downfall has to do with the fact that these things don't often see those updates. And therefore, um, uh, initially, we were supposed to have that multi-finger support uh, with any Android phone running Android 11. However, something happened down the line and it got, you know, reverted to where you have to have an Android device running Android 12. And frankly, I think we should have had it to where one could even use an Android 10, if you ask me, but I don't make the decisions. And uh, unfortunately, that's what it is. So if anyone is uh, looking for a phone that they want to enjoy, of course, nowadays, we have to make sure that one gets one that is running at least uh, Android 12 or has a surety that such a phone is going to be updated to Android 12. So you want to enjoy all the goodies that we have, especially as we're getting into new territories um, of uh, TalkBack. You want to make sure that your phone would be able to support Android 12 and support it very soon. Now, um, I know that Writing books, uh, Chris and, and Kim, writing books about Android is a monumental challenge. And I know you guys have explained some of the steps you had to go through and all of that. Were there any time or was there any time that you found it like almost discouraging to write? Or did you come across such a thing as saying, hey, we wish we didn't start writing this because it's so diverse uh, in the Android land or whatever of Android is so diverse? Did you? ran into any discouragements at all or you are just good to go no absolutely we did <laughs> um, there were times when and this is why it was so great that there were both of us there because i'm the primary writer and he's the person who when i have no brain cells left from long days you know 12 14 hour days 16 hour days of writing where i'll say you just need to tell me what to what to say here, what the options are, what I'm doing, and then I will make them look pretty, you know, and write them down and make sure they're good to go. So I think the fact that there are two of us kind of doing team Android, you know, in the course of writing the book, that was really helpful because when I was ready to just throw up my hands and say, oh, I can't do anymore, you know, he would be there to encourage or he would be out there to say, well, you know, let's, let's try this approach or let's do this or, you know, we had an outline to go by because when you begin this process, and you're ready to submit a book or you're ready to submit the beginnings of your book, you always write a table of contents. That's one of the things you do as part of that process. And so you outline it first and then the editor approves it and then you can begin your writing process. So you're 
there with an outline. You have to have an outline kind of before you start, and that's for her benefit, and that's also for your benefit, so you don't completely lose your mind. So you've got some organization, you know, a framework at least of organization prior to actually beginning the process. But you, like you said, Warren, you certainly get through some of these things, and as you're working through it, it just becomes there's so much to say and there's so much to do and you only have so much <laughs> room to write that it's like, what am I going to do here? How am I going to make this make sense? So, yeah, absolutely. There were times, you know, when you would just have to take a day off and not write anything because it was just too much and you just had to sit there and breathe and regroup and do some completely different project project. So it definitely takes a toll, especially with a three-volume book. You know, that's a pretty daunting process that to begin huge. with. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a lot. So, but it, you know, it was great. I was, I was quite pleased with the results and the feedback we've been getting. And I think that between all of these huge amount of topics that are covered, and anyone can go on the National Braille Press website and look at the table of contents there without purchasing. So you can kind of try before you buy, see what topics we cover. But there is a mammoth amount of material that is covered in three topics. So hopefully it's enough to address clearly and concisely what both beginners and people who already have Android and perhaps want a little more advanced knowledge would like to know. So whatever you're struggling with in terms of what you're learning, hopefully there's something there that you can kind of walk through the process with us and we can get you at least on the path where you're ready to do your own exploration on your own. Because isn't that ultimately the, the point of the thing is to get people curious and make them go, oh, okay, well, based on these steps, you know, I can kind of get started and learn more and then I'll find out more cool things on my own. So that part is really rewarding. Let's talk about the pricing because that's some something that some people always think about. Um, what are we looking for here? I mean, in terms of price um, so that, you know, people know um, when they go to purchase the book and things like that. Sure, absolutely. It is. Let's pray my mic doesn't go out as I zoom back over to this website. <laughs> uh, let's see. And I'll tell you exactly what it is. It is. Okay. And let me just say, while she's yeah, getting, the, getting, well, she's getting the price, we write the book for National Braille Press. They are the ones that sell the book. It's their book. They own the copyright. We just write it. And a person would go to nbp.org and purchase the book from National Braille Press. Ah, okay. That That's makes all the difference. Yeah. Actually, Chris. Um, just again, know. while Chris is coming up, with, uh, while Kim's looking for the price. So, so, so what's the commissioning arrangement for that? Do, do you say, I've got an idea for Android. Do you want to give us some money for the IP and you own the copyright? Or do they come to you going, we're a bit short on Android books, guys. Uh, no fancy it's, it's, it's kind of the latter. They come to you and they say, you know, we have this topic. Do you think you can do it? Do you want to do it? So you can either deny or accept the the book. And you get paid per volume. So that's kind of how that works. Yeah, they pay nice. you a, a, a set price per volume of your work, and then they end up owning the copyright to it. So, yeah. And, of course, they accept ideas, too. We wrote a book yes. several years ago on the various 
delivery services like DoorDash, Grubhub, Postmates, some of those things. And we wrote it right before yeah. the pandemic. So, you know, that worked out really <laughs> yeah. well for everybody. And that was an idea that I threw out to Cassell and she accepted. So, you know, it's kind of a mixture right. of both, but they come up it, with the pricing structure that the, the public pays too. Because it's good they've broken their glass ceiling because they, they used to have a law, didn't they, that only people called Anna were allowed to write books about smartphones. <laughs> <laughs> She's a personal friend of mine, so I, I, will, I will tell her that. No, she'll love Maybe that. there are two. There's Anna Dresden who does the iPhone and Anna Garza who did that. Yeah, yeah, Anna Garza so did the like, original. Yeah, did the original. That's right. Android, that, that, yeah. Like only people called Anna are allowed to do it, apparently, but they've, uh, <laughs> they, they've revised that. Yeah, they've, they've, they've raised that bit, and, uh, and now there are more of us who are, who are in there. Quite a lot of us are women, too. There's a lot large stable of women writers yeah. for NDP now. Well, tell really me, cool. you, you women are doing something that we guys are not doing, and that's absolutely beautiful, right? It goes to prove that women are more than capable or sometimes better than us. Because uh, <laughs> I tell you, as the evangelist, I Although can't even write. That was patronizing at all, Lauren, just by the way, just, you know, <laughs> calling you out. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually really delighted to see that we have a lot of uh, women writers, and most especially in our field, of blindness-related things, I think it's an important thing. And it encourages the young ladies out there. Young ladies, if you're out there, uh, make people like Kim, Anna, and all of them your mentors in this way so you can get to write more and more books for us to read. I'm that excited so about it. Thank you. That was so intimidating to me when I first started in this industry, too. And it was one of the things that kind of made me hesitate when Chris was like, hey, come do this audio with me for the Victor stream. And I'm like, this is still such a man's world. You know, what do I what do I think? I mean, I have no issue breaking glass ceilings, like none at all. I'm totally with that. But, you know, it was still like, oh, you know, how many women can I count, you know, who are doing things similar to what I'm doing? But it is after seven years of doing it, you know, now I feel very confident in doing what I do. So, yeah, it's it's true. You know, the, the, the gals need to stand up and say, hey, you know, pay attention to me. I have valuable things to say, too. So it's fun to be in that club. And Can anyone thing... buy the book? Can it, like in the world, do you have to live in America to buy it? Mm, no. No, I don't think so. I think anybody can go to uh, but NBC. Can you get it like, can you get it like, um, a digital version absolutely absolutely right, yeah it comes in brf so you can get it in brf it also comes in word there's also a daisy version it's not up on the site yet but there's a little note that says you can pre-order to get the daisy version when it's oh, available cool. i think i would probably get a brf one and stick it on me brilliant because i like there I'm, you go i've yep. used it a few months but i um it sounds like there'd be like loads because it's good to have like the audio things but it'd be um it'd be good to have like a written guide as well kind of thing so Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I love it so much is because you've got kind of both worlds. You've got podcasts like this one that can help mm -hmm. with the audio oh, portion. Yeah. And then you've got books that'll assist. And to answer the question, it's 26 US dollars to 2850. So depending on what format you get, you can get hard copy Braille. That probably is only available here in the States. But then you've got the the downloadable Braille and you've got Word and, again, this Daisy that doesn't appear to be here yet, but it seems to be coming. So depending on what kind of format you want, you've got options. Cool. And, and is that text Daisy? Is it synthetic speech? Or, or nope, it's text. It's text. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mandy, we, we can get them here. I buy from MBP quite a lot, and it's kind of instant download. So once you've paid, oh, right. I don't because I don't think I've ever I've never bought a thingy. If I, I don't think I've ever bought anything from them, so that's, from that. that's no, they're good, really that. good. 
Yeah, yeah there's a good. lot of stuff. I mean, depending on what you're interested in, there's tons of different, not just technology guides either. There's all kinds of different things. There's cookbooks. I might have to have a look. All yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. And then when you download them, they're sitting in your account. So you can always go back to your downloads page if you've lost something or misplaced it. You know, they can re-download it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the link will be in the show notes, but it's www.nbp. That's November Bravo Papo, Papa.org. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. There they are. And and I should ask this, it's possibly a controversial question, but answer it honestly and, and we promise to be gentle. What are you what are you two guys daily drivers in terms of phones? We switch, actually. We play quite a lot in both worlds. Right now, mine I'm using my iPhone currently, but I'm thinking about switching back to my friendly little pixel sitting over here on the desk very soon and you know every couple months i'll be like hmm, i think i'm gonna switch out my sim card throw it in my other phone so that's it really just kind of depends of, yeah that's the beauty of sim cards you can just pull out your sim card and now the f- other phone is now your daily driver phone and if you're using your google contacts and and all that and you're synchronizing across the two platforms you don't even have to worry about you know, am I going to miss this contact by moving this SIM card to the other phone because everything's all synchronized? So that's the beauty of having synchronization. And where were we way, way back when when we didn't have synchronization and we had to use our Braille and speak, go back to that, for the calendar. And the and the and and if you yeah. lost that, you were done. 9,600 boards and 14.4K. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember actually on your Android oh my. tutorial, you spent you spent quite a lot of time talking about SIM cards, didn't you? And I sort of forgot. You don't really think of them. You sort of put them in your phone, and uh, yeah, the, the the beauty of them being able to take them in and out, and and swap them in and out, and what they do and what they don't do. Yeah, that's what makes it so cool. And because of what we do, you know, we talk about all these different technologies whether it be windows or android or ios and things so it really pays we have to stay on our toes and keep our foot in all these various worlds as it were so it's really helpful that we can do that and just take it out anytime we want and change things up and be able to use all these different things be relatively conversant in all of them so but i do love my android because of the customization chris will tell you i drive him crazy because i will customize everything and sometimes i'll start customizing before i know exactly what i'm doing so i can break stuff relatively easily sometimes without thinking too hard about it so then i'm like help it's speaking chinese i don't know what i did but you know it's cool because then i can work my way back out of it sometimes with some help from my patient spouse but you know it's a lot of fun and the fact that you can do so much with it and and change things up even from your contacts and your phones and we talk a lot about that in the book too you know changing your dialers and you know different ways to view your contacts i mean you don't have to stick with just one way you know you've got all these various things that you can do whether it be changing a launcher or getting an app or whatever that is and i think that's one of the things that makes android so terrific oh, yeah i've had fun changing the launchers like i've done that a few times but i've settled on one that i like at the minute so i haven't changed it because I, I tried a few and then and then something annoyed us about a couple of them and i can't remember what now so i am um, i then but the one i like i've got i like at the minute I have always said that, you know, Android customization or the way to do things in Android is so much like Windows. If you're familiar yeah. with Windows, there's not just one way of doing one thing. You may have two or three or even four different ways of doing uh, a particular single item. So I really like that about Android. And that's why I so much love the platform. 
that ability uh, to do things in a different way. If you feel this other way is not cutting it for you, then do it the other way. I agree, 100%. Sometimes mm. if I've forgotten one of those multi-finger gestures, I'm like, oh, what was the old way of doing this? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, you've got all these different options and they all work. So you've got different different ways, as you say. And Chris, what's your daily driver that you think you think you've answered? Yeah, I do <laughs> switch. I went from uh, as far as Android, the A32 is no more. I had to I sold it and I got a an A52. And I did that because I bought oh, a the thing on your wrist. Yes. <laughs> I bought the uh, Samsung Classic Samsung Classic 4 watch. And the A32 that I found on eBay was an international thing. And for whatever reason, it did not like the watch. Like, for example, if I cleared the notifications, they'd come back. And uh, it was the weirdest thing. So I ditched that phone. I got a 52 and it's been working just fine. The watch and the phone love each other. So. We are actually appreciative of what you guys have done. And you have been very honest about this book and giving us all the information we need. And most especially to our listeners, if you're listening and you want to immerse yourself in such a book, please, we ask you that you go to that website, which is going to be in our uh, show notes, uh, nbp.org, right? Nationalbrailpress.org. Um well, and and there you can find that book. Uh, now, Chris and Kim, do you have any final comments to say um, before we move on? Yeah, I just wanted to mention, too, not only did we write the book on Android, we created the audio documentation for Android. So we actually have an Acquainting Yourself with Android audio documentation that's on our website as well. Oh yeah, I got that. It was um, that was pretty helpful, along with the podcast from the like blind Android podcast as well. So I was like, so because I wanted to get as much as I could. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So you know, if anyone wants to check out that or any of the other goodies that we're doing, you're welcome to visit us anytime. And we've got, as we said, the podcast. We've got tons of downloads that are free. So there's lots of ways to introduce yourselves to us without paying a dime, which is great. We want that because we want you to be able to learn who we are. And you can visit us at mysticaccess.com, M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S.com. Everything available for digital download. So anyone all across the world in, in general should be able to download that and utilize it. And, of course, if you have any questions prior to making a purchase or you just want to say hi or what have you, you can contact us via email or you know if you're in the states you're welcome to give us a call we're in new york on eastern time and there's a lot available on the site to check out and learn about and we of course would love to have you come visit and check us out thanks very much and uh, i think you're going to stay with us for the rest of the podcast which is great yeah fantastic and i do want to give you guys a little grief how come it is that you didn't, you guys didn't invite the podcast crew of the blind Android users to come attend your wedding? Oh, I've kind so of been holding it back, did. and I wanted to kind of, you know, give you a little bit of a grief uh, oh. when we're done with the book. 
<laughs> we'll see. You, you, you can come. You, well, today's our today's our ten month anniversary as we're sitting here recording this. So you oh, know, we're beautiful, wow. exciting. So maybe we could go for a one year anniversary or totally. whatever. We can, yeah, we can but party. definitely you gotta let the crew come in. <laughs> I think there's possibly a minor anachronism, and they didn't know we existed. But yeah, uh, I don't. Or we would have loved that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we did have a large streaming component to our wedding, actually. We had more people yeah. attend via the stream than attended in person. So that was kind of oh. cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that is good. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations yeah. again, guys. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank you so much. And now we turn our attention to Android 13 Beta 3, which is very exciting because it means that TalkBack 13 has actually dropped. Unusually, in the first two uh, Android betas, uh, the new version of TalkBack to coincide with the operating system did not drop. So it was uh, it was just TalkBack 12.2. But um, in Android 13 Beta 3, uh, we do have TalkBack 13. Warren, do you want to do you want to lead us off on this item? I am really excited with Android 13 Beta 3. And I do want to mention, though, before we get started with Android 13 Beta 3, is that we also, this June, so Google has been very busy, and this June also ended the QPR, the quarterly uh, platform releases that Google had earlier on back in February for the Android 12 L beta. So it was such a confusing thing because you got two betas running. You have one coming for uh, from Android 12 L and one for Android 13 and all of that. Well, that one finally comes to a close this June. And so if you were into that uh, QPR or the uh, platform, uh, quarterly platform release beta for the Android L that has closed as of this month, and you will be automatically unenrolled within a few weeks. So in order to be able to join Android 13 beta, you must unenroll uh, from your other uh, Android 12 uh, beta. So, But if you don't, like I indicated, you will be automatically unenrolled uh, over the weeks uh, to come. And then there'll be no more uh, Android 12 L beta because they're now merged together with Android 13. Now let's talk about Android 13 beta three. It's uh, been a very busy uh, week for Google and it's exciting to see that two days after that uh, drop on uh, Wednesday, then yesterday, there was another little huge, huge uh, 6 MB update <laughs> that came through uh, from Google. For some reason, though, somebody forgot to put that uh, feedback app into the um, drop that we had on Wednesday, which was the Android 13 beta 3. And so that came through yesterday. So if you see that, that's what that all is all about. It's nothing um, much to write home about. But of course, if you're going to be able to give feedback to Google, you'll have to be able to give that feedback through that. So without that app, there will be no way of giving, giving a feedback. So we have that. So if you haven't had it, then you want to make sure that you get that update. Now let's talk about what is new. In reality, nothing really much is new in Android 13 Beta 3. The most important thing, though, is that this job is the final API integration. So if you're a developer, for example, and you've been sitting on the fence, this is now the time to join in because they are, they are not going to be any more new APIs introduced into Android 13. 
as we close in for the final release, there will be one more beta coming up next month. And then thereafter will be the final public release, which I believe may be sometimes, sometime in August or maybe in September. I think last year was the first time that we didn't see the public release till um, October, rather, was last year. And all of that was because of uh, the pandemic. Uh, everything now gets blamed on COVID. And by golly, I hope we're soon uh, crossing that bar so that things will start to get back to normal. But so uh, in reality, I don't think that there's any new things that got introduced into Android 13. Uh, besides, of course, the talkback, which we will talk about here in a little bit. But then um, there are some things like there's an improvement in the copy and pasting, and I'm not talking relating to us uh, blind people necessarily, but there's been some improvement in that under 13. And then there's a little thing called the um, pocket operator, uh, something like that. So the whole idea is to be able to make a video out of uh, nothing. And that is um, is there on the Play Store as well. You know, it's something that you can actually grab from the Play Store. Um, it's not necessarily integrated into that, but you will, it requires Android 13 Beta 3. So that's one of the, the newest things. And then the... Um, the search or the home key or the home bar, because that doesn't make sense to a lot of us, those of us who are blind anyway. But if you look at the bottom of your screen where you do that gesture to go home, uh, what a lot of people have likened it to is that it now looks more or less like what we have on Fruitvale. And Fruitvale, of course, I'm refer referring to iOS. Uh, it's now a little bit wider and, and bigger than what it used to be. So that's another visual change that has come to Android 13 Beta 3. And then, of course, there's some other stabilizations and things like that. We have a page that I'll be including in the show notes, uh, most especially for support for uh, large screens, uh, people with tablets. Uh, Amanda, I'm talking about you. I'm looking at you, Amanda. Mm -hmm. You've got that tablet there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is actually going to be a better experience for you, um, given the fact that you have a Samsung device. Of course, Samsung is prepping to uh, roll out the beta for it next month. So you probably may want to jump on that and see if you have any uh, better experience on that large tablet that you got. Those are some of the things that are a part of that, what is new as of Android 13 beta, because it's just all about stabilization and everything is now fine. And now uh, I'm looking at you, SuperSense, because for, for quite a while now, I've not been able to run SuperSense on my Android 13 betas. And so hopefully maybe SuperSense would update theirs also to make it compliant since there are not going to be any more new APIs introduced before the final release. I think those are some of the things that uh, are there that are fundamental for Android 13 beta 3. Thanks, Warren. Uh, that's because third-party app developers don't support beta versions of software. <laughs> Exactly. But we, we want them to do that because, you know, you got there are a lot of 
people out there that like to jump onto these uh, uh, beta programs or, you know, previews and things like that. And the whole idea of giving out these previews and betas is intended at developers. And why these developers usually don't jump on that is just beyond me. Well, they do, though, but they do it in their own private and public betas. What you're saying is you want end users who are interested enough to try beta software to have release versions of software that work with beta software. I think you are you might be onto a loser uh, trying to get them to do that. Uh, but it's a good try. I, I would carry on trying. Do you talk about Braille display settings in your highlights and TalkBack, or should we talk about the TalkBack 13 a little bit? I do have it in my uh, what's new in TalkBack from the TalkBack highlights, uh, some of those things. And we'll mention some of those things here too, you know, although it's there in my uh, TalkBack highlights. But of course, so when we talk about the Android integration or the TalkBack 13 integration into uh, Android 13 Beta 3, this is the first time that we're seeing the Android 13 come to um Android 13 beta because in normal circumstances and this year, as I've indicated in the past episodes, this is the first year we're in uh, for some unknown reason, Google did not uh, bring Android. I keep saying Android. Google did not bring in TalkBack 13 in the first preview. If you look at the previous uh, previews, that is the one that we got back like in February when first preview of Android 13 came through, it did not come with uh, any new talkback and all of that. So that was so strange. And uh, it lingered until this uh, beta 3, which just dropped last fri- Friday, last Wednesday. So it's a different thing. I hope that next year we don't have such a repeat. Google, if you are listening we need to go back to how it used to be and stop doing these things that, you know, we keep waiting and waiting. No bueno, man. Chris and Kim, you've obviously got a, a 3A, I think you said. Do you, do you uh, uh, play around with beta software or do you wait for stuff to get released and fixed? He does more of that than I do. He is by far the more adventurous beta person than me. I kind of want my stuff to stay relatively stable especially if i only have one <laughs> device in the slot you know in the operating system at the time i'm just like oh no you can do that you can play but with one of us on the beta you know you can usually find out what's going on but are you on are you on any of the beta right now i am not i have too many betas running right now so. he's got a lot <laughs> of betas going on in his world so probably not the best idea he won't know what he's running so Sounds very sensible. Yeah, you can you can have you can have too many. Um, you you sort of got a corporate beta instability appetite, haven't you? You can't exceed it across the yes, exactly. Otherwise, the whole caboodle comes crashing down, and nothing ever works. Yeah, between us, we're usually on six or seven betas at any given time. Yeah. So it's oh, like, oh, too much to do. Yeah, know? I'm what, the king of betas. Risk appetite here. I got so many betas, and and I always jump on that first. Uh, uh, developer preview and i've been doing that since uh lollipop that's android 5.0 so i'm used to those previews oh wow i've done betas of, not on android but i have done betas of apps but even on ios i've never i've never dared to try a, a beta of like ios so i don't know if i'd do it with android either but maybe i don't know you should you should yeah maybe <laughs> I, I just don't know how you i'd have to find out how you do it and that but yeah maybe 
Yeah, and in reality, though, uh, to their credit, I think as of Android 12 or maybe Android 11, um, you know, the previews that I've had, uh, they actually come out working. And I remember there probably was one app that didn't work for me. Other than that, uh, of late, just about every app works. But like I said, for some reason, SuperSense is the only app that's not working for me, even as mm. of, yeah. Oh, no, Fa- Facebook's flaky with talkback with the beta. Um, oh, no. the, 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 like the sad react, well, the reaction buttons won't work properly. Oh. I think like does, but the other ones won't. They 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 do a little weird cyclical thing, and, and it makes an odd an odd an odd noise, um, and it just doesn't do anything. So you have to kind of disable talkback if you want to do that, uh, or use your other phone that's not running a beta. Uh, just just on betas, Amanda, it's significantly easier to enroll your Apple phone into a beta than it is your Android phone. Ah. What I would say though is that the Apple phone betas tend to comp- contain way more fatal accessibility flaws, so you might not want to. <laughs> Yeah, you might find that something pretty serious doesn't work. I, I mean, think, you can find I that think, any I think um, probably was both. I'll just stick to wait until they're out. I think it's both <laughs> yeah. Android. Yeah, my, my experience of Android tends to be that it, I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's just luck, but uh, it seems to have f- fewer fatal flaws. Oh, that's good. Accessibility that's work well in Android. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to mention something here that I observed with the uh, Android 13 Beta 3, and that has to do with the uh, Telegram app. For instance, uh, if you install Android 13 Beta 3 and you're running um, Telegram, you'd realize that when you tap on items, like maybe on messages in Telegram, whether you're doing a single tap or double tap, it's not going to open those for you. And there's a little walk around uh, for some odd reason. For some odd reason, it has to do with the magnification. So to walk around that, you go turn on magnification, and that fixes it. And then you can turn off your magnification, and it works. But then as soon as you restart the phone, the problem returns and you'll have to do that again. So if you're planning on jumping onto Android 13 Beta 3, that is something to uh, keep in mind, most especially if you use uh, Telegram uh. as one of your messaging apps. But as long as you haven't restarted your phone after you apply that workaround, it will work fine. But the next time you restart your phone and it back. comes back, you'll have to repeat that. And mm. just, I want to make sure that people understand that. But I hope, though, that we get a fix for that in the upcoming beta or maybe the guys from TalkBack will find a fix for that. But that's what it is with Android 13 and Android Accessibility 13.0. Let's, uh, yeah, let, let's just touch on Braille as well. So Warren's going to mention it in uh, highlights from TalkMac. It is now integrated, which is probably a good thing, uh, into, into TalkMac. You can assign a gesture to access the Braille display settings, which is quite helpful. Uh, that is in the list of commands or functions to which a gesture can be assigned. Annoyingly, hide screen still isn't, and I've no idea why whatever uh yeah they need to have that we need to yeah, have that i and, don't understand why it isn't <laughs> and yeah because it, it's an easier way to you know uh do that that would be i think it's something that kind of just got overlooked uh but i'm, I'm glad we no longer have to use a uh, braille back um you know to uh access our braille displays so that's a beautiful thing 
it is. The other thing they fixed is a natural language change. So uh, turning off speech in talkback was uh, misleadingly called turn off sounds or something like that. They fixed that in talkback 13. It is now more straightforwardly turn speech on or off. Uh, what Google confirmed either last week or the week before in respect of braille, braille support, uh, somewhat disappointingly, but I think either APH or human word already confirmed it anyway, was that um, the human interface driver standard is not initially going to be supported on the release of Android 13. Uh, so that is essentially the standard that the Braille display manufacturers and the operating system manufacturers, including Google actually, uh, uh, produced and committed to uh, so that Braille displays would be plug and play, quote unquote. It's, Bluetooth, so we're not plugging anything. Um, but it stops those silly drivers you used to have to install from Handy Tech or, well, Help Tech now, aren't they? Bam or wherever, uh, to make your screen reader work. But Google, in its wisdom, has decided they're not going to support this under Android 13, uh, which Warren doesn't seem to think is a problem. But uh, never mind, being a well, minority of one. I, yeah, well, <laughs> well, here's my take on it, though. And let's, let's be fair. Uh, my take on it is that in reality, how many Braille displays out there have hit support? That's the question number one. Number two, uh, you know, if we introduce this too soon, then you're kind of leaving some people out in the cold. And, you know, Braille devices, let's be honest, are not cheap. You're buying something for $6,000, $3,000, and then all of a sudden you're not able to use it because of whatever. I think that's, um, that's not a good thing. And just to do that on the ground that a couple uh, companies or whatever manufacturers have implemented that I think I'll rather uh, fault on the side of the many that still use the old stuff. But you're not displacing the old stuff. It's just supporting the new stuff as well. Human way is it. And, and this standard is not new. This standard's been around a long time. Yeah, but what I'm saying, though, there's only a couple, maybe a couple of them that you can count on one hand, maybe humanware and who else, that has that uh, hit support, and the others don't. So what do you do? You can so does that mean the Brilliant will work with it? Yes, does. it does. Uh, the new uh, one. Oh, uh, the, the Brilliant will work with Android. Won't, won't. Depends won't. on which Brilliant or not. Yeah. Uh, some of them do. Some of them work with it. The BI20 will not work. Yeah, it's a BI20. Yeah, I've got a Focus 14, like, and then the human, not human, where the Freedom Scientific one or whatever it is, I, and that work was real back on um, on thingy. And I don't think the brilliant worked with the, no. the version of Android now because I tried connecting it and nothing happened. So I assumed right. it, it didn't work for the Focus. <laughs> thing. I got the Focus 14 to work, so that's quite cool. Yeah, that'll work. Kimmy, you were going to come in, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that's that's the issue when you've got the nice new devices. I've got the new Brilliant BI40, or relatively oh, new, yeah. you know. And, yeah, you know, I'd love to use the Brilliant with them. Yeah, it's just a nice, it's a 40 cell display. Yeah. But I also understand the piece about the old devices, because I've got some of those yeah. as well. So it's like, well, what do you do? I mean, I just hope it's one way or another that we can get it resolved relatively quickly for, for the new people as well as the old people. No, I'd say, but it's not. It's not one or the other. It's not like everyone's exactly. old devices will be deprecated. Right. Uh, yeah, and just, I think probably the, the, the best solution, the best solution would be to have like maybe uh, the heat, and then you also have 
uh, something like a legacy, whatever devices. I, I don't know how doable that is, but frankly, I think that may be the only way to go about it because I don't want to, you know, go out and buy a new device when my old device works perfectly. So, uh, how doable is it? It's what Mac OS, Windows, and iOS have all done. So, pretty doable in the scale of doability, I would say. <laughs> they all work. <laughs> Not complicated. Google just won't do it. And now we have Warren's highlights from TalkBack. We continue now with our theme of highlights from TalkBack. This is installment 39. In our last installment, installment 38, we saw the second item under the heading of the three finger gestures, and that was the screen search. Today, however, since we're discussing the subject matter of Android 13 Beta 3, I thought that it would be appropriate that we discuss the new TalkBack that comes bundled with Android 13 Beta 3. And therefore, today I will not be showing you a gesture, but instead will try to highlight some of the important items that I found in the new TalkBack 13.0. I will be demonstrating this using my Pixel 6 Pro and utilizing the Google Speech Services as my chosen TTS. I am on the home screen now and there's something that I want us to start with and that is the fact that if I touch an icon, for example, Folder, Navigation, 4 or more items. Tap to activate. Actions available. Use tap with three fingers to view. The new thing that we have here is the fact that it tells us that if you want to do actions or, in other words, if you want to see the actions for this particular item or for any icon that is highlighted for that matter, you could simply tap with three fingers. And what that means is that when you tap with three fingers, then it will place you on the actions. So, in other words, the bug that we had in Android Accessibility 12.2 Whereupon, whenever you tap on an icon that is highlighted, whether you tap with three fingers or use a gesture that you assign to actions, instead of it saying talk back and placing you on the actions icon, it will first say Android Accessibility Suite followed by talk back. Now that too has been fixed. So now I'll tap with three fingers and you will see what I'm talking about. Here I go. Talkback menu. Actions in list. Tap to activate. So instead of hearing Android accessibility followed by Talkback and then you have to swipe right to get to the actions, we tap with three fingers and we're immediately placed on the actions. This is how it used to be in Talkback 12.1 or Android accessibility 12.1. Now, I'll navigate my way to the settings area and see some of the things that have been brought to us in this Android Accessibility 13.0. Talkback settings. Tap to activate. Here is Talkback settings. I'm going to tap here to activate. Talkback settings. Navigate up, button, out of list. Tap to activate. I am in the TalkBack settings, and as you can hear, I'm leaving things in their default, and that's why you're hearing the little pause and then tap to activate. 
Normally, in normal circumstances, I would have changed this to my preferred mode of doing things, but I'm leaving things at their default so that you can follow me here because everyone can customize as to how they want theirs to be. The first thing I would like to talk about here is the Braille display support. This is something that was announced during the Google I.O. back in May. Finally, this is here if you are running Android 13 Beta 3, and so I'll first look at that integration and see how it goes about connecting with your Braille display. I do have an old U2 from Hims, and we'll use that in demonstrating this feature. I'll now scroll my way down, find and tap on Braille Display. Braille Display. Tap to activate. Here is an item saying Braille Display. I, however, do want to mention here in passing that you want to make sure that your Bluetooth has been turned on. Mine has been turned on, and so now I'll simply tap here on Braille Display. Braille Display. Navigate up, button, out of list. Tap to activate. Putting my finger down some two inches from the top, I hear... Use Braille Display. Tap to activate. Use Braille Display. Tap to activate. And then to the right of that is an on-off switch. By default, it is off. Off, switch. Tap. So I'm going to tap on this to activate that. On. It says one device on, found. and I am told one device found. I'll move my finger down and see what's going on. Braille Zensu 2141, available. Tap to activate. There is my Braille U2 right here. So if I'm going to pair it with this device, all I need to do here now is simply tap here. Android Accessibility Suite. Braille Zensu 2141, out of list. I'll put my finger down again. Connect button. Tap to and activate. There's a connect. I'll tap here to connect. Braille display. Braille Zensu 2141. Edit box. Out of list. Settings. Tap and hold to long press. Labels. Actions of... Now we are being asked to type in the pairing code. In other words, sometimes most of them are 0000. zero, zero, zero or sometimes it's one, two, three, four, depending on the Braille device in question. However, for this one though, it's zero, 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 four zeros. Not checked. Pin contains letter. Can't communicate with Braille's Zensu 2141. As you can hear, I am told that it cannot connect because I waited too long. By default, I think it's like 30 seconds. And if you wait past that, then you'll have to tap on it again to connect. So this time I'm going to tap on it again. And this time I'll put in four zeros. Braille Zensu 2141, available. I'll tap, tap to activate. Android Accessibility Suite. And now I'll tap on connect. Connect button. Braille display. Edit. And now. Showing number keyboard. I'll put four zeros. Zero, windowed zero, 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 zero. And now I'll tap connect. Okay, button, window settings. Okay, right. Tap to activate. Keyboard hidden. Braille display. 
navigate. I tapped on OK and I heard a sound that indicated that I've been connected. And now I'm going to navigate to my Braille terminal to be sure that I indeed am connected. So here I go. I'm going to go into my Braille display terminal here. And there indeed, I am connected. I'll hit one of the advancement cursors on my Braille device down. Use Braille display in list. And Tap it to says, use Braille display, and that shows on my Braille display. That is how you go about connecting your Braille display. And let's look at some of the items that I found here. In other words, if you want to further customize, we have... Braille Zinsu 2141 active. Tap to activate. That is active. Look for new device. Tap to or activate. Or you could look for a new device. Languages and commands. Heading. Languages and commands. This is something that's important if you're going to take advantage of what your Braille device has in terms of capabilities. Languages. Unified English Braille uncontracted. Unified English Braille contracted. You tap to tap activate. You to change how you want it to be. Preferred reading language. Unified English Braille uncontracted. Tap to activate. You could change that. Preferred typing language. Unified English Braille contracted. Tap to activate. Braille commands. Learn key commands for your Braille display. Tap to activate. And here you could tap here to see what the commands are for your Braille display. I'm not going to go through all of them, but just to give you a little test of what it is. I tap here. Braille commands. Navigate up. Button. Out of. And I'll put my finger down. Use navigation keys to move the focus on the screen. Use the Braille keys to enter text in a text box. Below are all the commands supported by your device. Okay, so these are based on your particular model, so your commands may differ from what mine has. Pan up, right scroll down, in list. Pan up, right scroll up. Next item, dots 458. Previous item, dots 127. So in other words, we're talking about and your dot eight will be the enter key in my case, and then the backspace is the dot seven. Next line, F3. And of course, yours may not have that, but the U2 has F1, F2, F3, and all of that. Previous line, F2. Next word, space plus dot five. Space plus dot five for moving through words. Previous word, space plus dot two. You get the drift. I'll go back now and continue on some of the other items that we saw here uh, in the TalkBack 13.0. Braille display. Braille commands. I'll go Learn back key again. TalkBack settings. Braille display in list. Tap. I am back to the TalkBack settings. Now let's look at another item that has been brought to us here. And that would be the automatic image description, or rather, the automatic labeling of icons. Yes, indeed, in previous versions, we had something that talked about labeling unlabeled IDs and things like that. I'll now navigate to the item that I'm talking about that has to do with labeling of things, 
that are not labeled, most especially sometimes developers will not label things right or forget to put labels in them, and you don't have a way to do that, most especially when it says it cannot be labeled and all of that, because there's no internal labeling for it to find something to label, and I'm hoping that this is what fixes that. I'll now touch on that item so we can go from here. Cover proximity. So just below the cover proximity is the item that I'm talking about. And this is the item that says automatically describe icons. Here descriptions when you focus on an unlabeled icon, off switch. And it Tap has an on off switch. And by default, it is off. If I tap here, Android accessibility suite. Download required to describe icons out of list. We are told that download is required and it's 50 MB in size. 50 megabytes. And below that, we hear some information about the feature. You will automatically hear descriptions when you focus on an unlabeled icon. Now below that, to the left is not now and to the right is download. Not now button. And tap to, to the activate. right of that. Download button. Tap to activate. Now, I do want to mention here in passing, however, that when you tap on download, it will start to download, but then it times out. And therefore, that button or that switch is still unchecked. Here's what I'm talking about. Talkback settings. Automatically describe icons. Here descriptions when you focus on an unlabeled icon. Off. Switch. In list. And you'll just activate. loop through this again and again. So I'm hoping that with the next update, which would be the last beta for Android 13 beta, which is coming up next month, maybe this item would be fixed or before the final release, we will get a fix for this. And of course, we'll be happy campers. The next item I want to talk about is found in the advanced. And therefore, I'm going to scroll toward the bottom and go tap on Advanced. Advanced Settings. Tap to activate. Here is our Advanced Settings. I'll tap here. Advanced Settings, out of list. The item that I want to talk about is found under the Typing Heading. In other words, it's found within the Typing Headings. So we hear things like, Typing in keyboard, heading, in list. Typing preference, hold finger to select any key, then lift. Tap and to activate. then below that is the item that I'm talking about, and this is... Touch and hold delay when typing, 3 seconds default. Tap to activate. Touch and hold delay during typing. The default is 3 seconds. However, if you don't want it to be 3 seconds, which is a default, then you could tap here to choose what you would rather have as your default. I will tap here so we'll see the different options that we have besides the 3 seconds, which is the default. Android Accessibility Suite. Touch and hold delay when typing, out of list. I'll put my finger down and go through this. Touch and hold delay when typing, out of list. We hear touch and hold delay during typing. And here are your options. We've got 0.5 seconds in list. 0.5 seconds. 1 second. 1 second. 2 seconds. 
Two seconds. Checked. Three seconds default. Three seconds default, and that's the one that's checked by default. And the last one here is five seconds. Five seconds. So you can choose which one you prefer. I think for me though, I probably could leave mine on one second or maybe zero point five, but I think I probably put it on one second. Two seconds. One second. There we Tap go. Tap to select. Talkback settings. Touch and hold delay when typing. One second in list. Now that has become my default. And those are some of the most important items that I wanted to touch on today. Of course, there are some more features, but due to time constraints and all of that, I thought that it was good that we highlight some of these. And finally, for this week's episode, it's a return happily to the My Android Journey segment. And I'm delighted to say she's spoken already. Uh, we are joined by Amanda Hall from the UK. Welcome again, Amanda. Oh, thanks. <laughs> No worries. Warren, do you want to lead us on this? I know this is, well, it's everyone's favourite segment, I think. But Warren, do you want to take this one away? This is my most favourite part of the podcast or the episode. And, you know, we don't have them often. And whenever we do, I am like a kid in a Christmas candy store. And so I'm excited, Amanda. Thank you so much when I reached out to you to see if you could come out and do your Android Journeys. I wasn't sure (laughs) that you were going to come or not. And, you know, I was, I'm like, yeah, I hope she accepts. And there you are accepting to come. And of course, Amanda, you are on our Telegram group. That's how I was able to. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I was on the Telegram group. Yeah, which was cool. (laughs) So, Amanda, uh, take us to your Android journey story. I know you just started not too long ago with that Samsung tablet that we talked about a little while ago. Take us through the journey of your Android. Um, well, it was just, it was really a f- just a couple of months ago. It was like April and it was, um, I just one day randomly decided I felt like trying um, Android. Well, I, th- I thought about like, I'd wondered in the past sort of vaguely what Android was like. But then um, I, I don't think I'd ever been anywhere where I, I got like, uh, where I could um, have a go of an Android um phone or tablet so I thought well the only way I'm gonna do it is if I just buy one myself so I bought an Android tablet and I got it um on the Easter weekend um and I, I I'd listened to like a few of so before I got it I listened to sort of bits of the podcasts that you have done and then and I sort of googled the 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 basics because it came up if you type it into google it comes up with the gestures and i'd got the mystic access ones as well so so that i could remember a bit before i started and um i actually i thought i mean i thought i'd be able to do it but i thought it was actually i mean there is a lot you can do with it but i thought it was going to be a bit more tricky than it actually was but it was it, it was um i didn't really find it any harder than i did with ios to get used to like the basics and that and then I got it obviously talking easily enough. For some reason, it took like um, when I got my tablet, it took like three goes. I don't know if I didn't leave it long enough before I restarted. I thought I had because I, I it's I seemed to wait ages just in case. But um, on the third go of doing the volumes, it eventually came up. Um, 
and yeah, it was it was easy to set it up. And that I just remember when it came up with the the language when I when you went to set up um like to choose UK or British for the language for some reason when I double tapped it didn't actually say that language was selected. So I remember thinking when I went to the next bit, oh, I hope it doesn't speak in. I hope it works and doesn't speak in some of that random language. But luckily it luckily it um worked all right. And and yeah, so I got it. And then uh I, I just um sort of figured out how to use it by listening to um these podcasts on the blind android podcast and and some of the mystic access ones and then I just messed about a bit myself and I basically what I did is I downloaded some of the apps that I use on the iPhone to see what the android versions were like and a lot of them seem to be like quite similar really like I tried things like um Amazon and eBay and and they just seem um as similar and as easy as the iOS versions. And then I got Facebook, which is kind of mostly the same, apart from it has that extra them extra action buttons, which is um which makes it a, a little bit slower. And it and it seems a bit more sluggish with talkback for some reason, but it's it works with it works all right. And um it I can read everything all right on it. And I've um tried a few launchers as well. I tried um like the the one that it came with was fine. And then um I tried um I think the action one that uh, one lawn chair and I tried um there was something else I've forgotten now but now I've got it on the Microsoft launch and I like that one the best and I've I've also moved some things around and added things to my home screen and I've made some um I've made some put a few things in folders and I've been messing about with a few because like I I've have a few widgets on iOS so I thought well, I'll try some of the Android ones so I I added a widget for like because I've got Hive for me heating. I added a Hive widget to my home screen so I can see the inside temperature directly and that. And I added the BBC weather one and that. And yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. So Amanda, it's interesting that you got this uh, during the Eastern weekend. And so it's more like a resurrection for you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I thought of that. That's quite funny. (laughs) It's absolutely such a beautiful coincidence, to say the least. I never thought of that. You got it on a resurrection. (laughs) You you know, Amanda resurrected from the platform to a different platform. (laughs) Well, no, because obviously I'm still using my iPhone is my main phone and whether whether I would change I don't know but even if even if I um always even if I didn't and decided to keep using an iPhone as my main phone I really like Android just about as much so I would probably now um even if I didn't ever change always keep an Android device around because it's, it's really fun and I'm I'm enjoying it and it's a good way to, you know, try it, most especially if you're going the route of the tablet because, um, you know, you're not uh, using a phone that requires a SIM card. Maybe this is basically the Wi-Fi model. And so you're basically trying okay. and see if Android is for you or not. And that is absolutely a wise way to go about it. Or like I've always said, you know, one should always get a, a phone that is a cheap phone and then... Um, you know, uh, don't even bother about putting any SIM card in there. Just play with it and see if this is something you would like. But it sounds like you're having a good experience. Uh, other than, than that language thing that you were kind of a little bit uh, almost getting stuck on, uh, were there any other 
um, aspects or were there other uh, issues that you have or any problems that you ran into? Uh, in other words, were you frustrated in any way that you felt like you want to throw this thing out of the window? Uh, because a lot of times uh, when someone comes on to Android for the first time, of course, you know, gestures are not the same and all of that. So that familiarity is not there and it can be a little bit frustrating, isn't it? Um, well, maybe a bit, but uh, it was like, it was, I thought it would have been a bit more frustrating. Really, I, I found it, it was um, obviously some of the gestures are different, but I found it, um, I thought like the setup, I thought I was going to find things like a bit more tricky, but it was actually um, easier than I thought. But I, I, um, I, I made sure though, even though I'd read up on some, what some of the basics were, um, I did do go through the tutorial um on the on the setup just to make sure I knew exactly what I was doing. So I went through that and then and type and and type like I typed in my Wi-Fi password and I managed to do that FaceTime. For some reason um mine was um set on the like because I heard some of the Android phones and that are automatically set on like where you lift your finger to type kind of the same way which is how I like it on my iPhone as well. But for some reason um mine wasn't which wasn't a problem because I w- it, it was on the like stand well what you know I mean the what what you call the standard typing on iOS but the one where you you have to double tap each letter so it wasn't set on the um but then again iOS is when you set that up so I thought oh well so I just double tapped each letter and um and I got my Wi-Fi password in um FaceTime so like nothing was like frustrated as too much of well actually apart from um there was um one mistake I made a week after getting it where I um I got some um I got I downloaded the the a, a cappella and the vocalizer voices and um I I bought I think one of the I think it was one of the a cappella voices but I had the the download for the vocalizer but I hadn't bought any of the voices within the program so I thought oh I'll change to one of them um but unfortunately I selected the wrong one and got a bit confused so I selected the vocalizer which I hadn't installed any of the voices for so obviously it was doing the clicking sounds and um I had no voice um and like um I thought I I, I thought oh, I'm gonna have to get um someone to help so I had to I, I was going um I got my mom to to help because obviously she can see the screen because I'd gone on but then I didn't know at the time I didn't have settings on my home screen and I knew how to get to it but with the speech turned off I didn't know how to get a sighted person to get to it so in the end I I thought I might have to try and get someone see if someone else could figure it out but in the end what I ended up having to do because I'd gone back to my home screen was was um like because obviously I had talk back but no turn talk back on but so I had it with like no voice but the sounds so I'm, I did the three fingers to get to the, the talk back menu and and like I scanned it with them um, seeing AI on the iPhone and I and, and a little bit of guessing and, and somehow managed to get to me text to speech and get it back on and um, I've got it onto the Google one so um that was that was a bit annoying um, and another thing that doesn't that is see- some serious problem solving right there. Did, yeah, it was, an, it was that. an interesting way of solving <laughs> it, but um, yeah. but it somehow worked. I sort of had to guess a little bit. But um, one other annoying thing is that, that I can't get any of the. I mean, I, like I said before, I can. I managed to get Braille to um to connect me Focus Four into it, but none of the internal Braille screen input stuff works on mine for some reason. I don't understand why not because I can do multi-finger gestures. But if I try and um, 
if if I I, I thought oh I'm because real screen input is something I really love on the iPhone so I was really looking forward to trying it on Android but when I tried to change to it what it said was it was like it said um it's it said unable to change this keyboard it said it could not support enough simultaneous key presses or something yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is that is odd. Uh, uh, a lot, you a lot have... of touch screens do that. Um, they won't all support the requisite number of fingers on the screen at the same time. I, I don't know where Android sets its limit. iOS doesn't support six anyway, which is quite funny. So if you want to do a um, an FOR sign, you have to lift up one finger and replace it. Some yeah, Android phones that, that doesn't matter it. if if um because I've you know I mean if if yeah. The only thing it's it's only a minor inconvenience having basically what I I mean people have ways around it of managing to do the four sound by quickly doing oh, one yeah. and the other. So I I, yeah. I basically just type F O R out. You know I mean I've just got used that's to what it. I used to do so until I, I knew about. I, I couldn't care um if if no. it supported five fingers and I had to type out F O R. But yeah. it, I think it only but like I I thought it probably wouldn't work. But I thought oh, I'll see what the advanced Braille keyboard does and and that doesn't tell you that it doesn't work. It lets you go into it and everything. But from pressing keys down, I realise it. I think it only supports about four fingers because if I try and do any more than four fingers, it'll only recognise it it'll, yeah. it'll only recognise yeah, four. Of that them. is strange. Uh, it's and not that's a, a, a lot of touch don't support many multi-touch. Like a lot, of, a lot of the um, uh, yeah, you, you know, so, so, so some of the unbranded phones don't do it. That they, they won't support that many. Um, I'm, I'm surprised the tablet doesn't. I don't know why the tablet. I thought she has a Samsung tablet, though. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah Samsung it's a Samsung doesn't. A8. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's. I mean, uh, the A8 is one of the newest uh, tablets out there from Samsung, yeah, and from I'm surprised like last year or uh, that yeah. you're not uh, getting that because that's kind of odd. I know. That's I wish odd. I'd kind of researched. I mean, apart from that, the tablet's really good. So, but so, but in a way, I wish I'd researched. And if I'd if I'd known about it, I would have purposely bought a one that does because that's something I really wanted to um to try. Either that or I would have bought an, a, like a cheaper Android phone that did it if there is a cheap Android phone that does Braille. But do the um do the one do the phones like I'm assuming the ones like the pixels and stuff, they'll do it, won't they? They do. They um will. you know, I, I will type, you know, all the six dots on my on my Pixel phone, you know, in the Braille virtual keyboard. Uh, no problems whatsoever. And uh, actually, I even did that on uh, a Galaxy S8. Uh, it works. So the Samsung phones do it as well? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, strange. But yeah, that's that's the only annoying thing, because that, that is something, because I, if I ever did get an Android phone, I would, um, I would, I would have liked to have known what Real screen input, how how good it was before I tried before I tried it ever tried it on a phone, but yeah, um, that's your that's the only annoying thing. But apart from that, um, it's um good. I'm loving the tablet. It's and uh, it's fun trying the different things on Android, especially the launchers, different launchers, and trying all the different apps and just messing about in that. And the Google you know, Assistant on there. Yeah, so I had never been able to use uh, the virtual Braille keyboard. We have several of those until the TalkBack uh, virtual keyboard. And now with that, I'm able to do it, and especially using it in that table mode, which is my preferred method. And I tell you, I can type on that thing just as good as I'm doing it on a Perkins Braille. So I'm excited about it. I like it, and I don't have to use my Braille display 
when I'm doing Braille input on my phone. So it's yeah, that's why um that's why I I wanted to use it because I I, I thought well. I, um, I can type on the on-screen keyboard on the thing and or I can use dictation, but uh, I, I don't know. I like to be able to. And like I, I think if I had an Android phone, I would probably use it on. I would probably try it on a way mode because I, I like using it on a, on a, obviously on a tablet. You'd need to be tabletop. But on a on a phone, if I had a, the phone, I would do it away because um, I like I use mine on a way mode on the iPhone because I, I like to kind of hold the phone. But But yeah, it's cool how you can do both. On Android, yeah, I as well. use the way mode. Yeah, yeah, that's my, yeah. yeah, I don't like that way mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Such a beautiful story. And, you know, you guys, if you're listening out there, uh, don't be afraid. See, Amanda, did you have any uh, doubts about coming on? Were you nervous? I don't think you are. You're very confident. And we just ask that, you know, people come on and talk about that. Oh, that's been really, it's good fun. Yeah, i yeah. enjoyed it. And, of course, if you don't feel like it, you can always record those uh, stories and send it to us. You don't have to come on live, even though we prefer the live Oh, one it's because, more fun coming yeah, on. That's why I said, I, said I want to come on. It's, <laughs> I, I wanted to come on live. It's, it sounds more fun than just recording it. Exactly. Uh, then you get to be part of the podcast crew for that day. And it's exciting. It's exciting to see you come on and doing yes. with us, uh, doing this with us. Thank brilliant. you so much. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Great stuff. Thanks, Amanda. And, and thanks, Kim and Chris, for being so generous with your time as well. Thanks for sticking with us for the hour and a half. Oh, it was a blast. Very thanks welcome. for having us. <laughs> brilliant. Good stuff. And I'm going to let Austin, uh, even though he's not here, uh, tell us how uh, people can find us and get in touch. So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. Subscribe to our mailing list blind android users plus subscribe at groups.io the links for telegram and twitter clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links so that is it from us this week we will see you all next week thanks very much for listening to us bye 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 everyone bye everyone bye bye thanks for listening to another clip from the blind android users channel don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you're notified of every new material that we upload. Thanks again for listening to the Blind Android Users channel.